Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Here's Gourlami. Ah, Ed. What the hell did you do? You gotta be fucking kidding. You know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? Can you be any more specific? No. Yeah, we can even be on TV. Sure, we'll be here. We are the music makers. And we are the dreamers of dreams. You are a child plaything. You are a sad, strange dreamer. <clears throat> Y'all ready? Yes. Hey, hello. Welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers, the one and only podcast that gives you two episodes every week, one on a comic book and one on a movie. Uh, my name is Ian. This and, is, oh, oh, you go ahead. Well, this is Paul Damien. And this is Kenny. Oh, there they are, <laughs> my boys. And we'll be your co-hosts uh, today. Um, we don't have a guest today well actually you the listener is our guest so yeah. go ahead and whenever we'll we'll periodically we'll do this and that's when you can chime in yeah we'll mm-hmm. just sh- we'll just shut the fuck up and let you have your moment you yeah know? so this week we're talking about once in future uh issues 13 through 24 um written by kieran gillen art by dan mora and tamara bond villain um <laughs> Mm, uh, Bond villain, <laughs> yeah, James Bond. Tomorrow, James Bond villain. You guys did this same very good joke last time we yeah, did. That. I, <laughs> I bet. Um, but here you go, uh, our guest. Go ahead and say what you have to say. Uh, okay, I know our James Bond joke is stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> we said it. Yeah. I, oh, geez, I tried to stop him. That was aggressive. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go ahead and dive into this book. Um. So this is our, we're returning to this, yes. you know, we did the last 12 issues, I couldn't even tell you when, but it's been a little while, so yeah. this was something I think mm-hmm. we really all kind of wanted to return to, so it's mm-hmm. kind of perfect, you know, that 24th issue had just kind of come out right as we decided to yes. kind of come yeah. back to this, so, and I and I thought it was a great place for us to get to kind of stop with this story once again, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think this was a really exciting kind of second half of us to get to really experience with yeah. uh this the storyline so uh, i don't know if y'all really enjoyed it but i i thought it was really pretty great i think it definitely because i went back and read like six of the previous issues we had before mm-hmm. to kind of mm-hmm. like re-get familiar with the characters and the relationships and stuff so to die finally dive back into like the newer content it really felt like the steam just kind of continues to pick up from where we were left off in, yeah. at uh, issue 12 so i really thought it was cool fair enough i mean like i i went back a, a couple issues you know i didn't go back too many um uh, I it honestly it had me feeling the same way I felt at the end of the last twelve issues, mm-hmm. which was Do you want more? Fuck yeah, I want more, and this is a bad <laughs> time to be stopping. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, I I loved it. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it, and um, I, I felt like a lot of the the scenery was was better than the first half. You know, a lot of the places that they're put into, I just yeah, I agree. Gorgeous. I very much agree because it seemed like a lot of the first. Uh, 12 issues was like swampland or like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. retirement home this time we got to see a lot more of europe and like there was like icy mountains in the background mm-hmm. at one point we saw like other world was always like coming and crashing in and so real quick yeah i agree like the new sceneries are very cool but it feels like kind of like um the first i guess 18 issues feels like the first half right and now now that other world jumps and and kind of crushes into our reality midway through this reading that we did it feels like this is a whole new adventure into once in future you mm-hmm. know what i mean um but the book starts out with um with the green knight mm-hmm. showing up and challenging whoever will take on the role of gawain which is 
awesome. Mm -hmm. I love that they just threw this in. Um, When we had finished previously the 12 issues, I knew that the 13th issue had the Green Knight in it. okay. So I thought this this first six issues that we were jumping back into, 13 through 18, Mm -hmm. I thought was going to be all about the Green Knight. But they perfectly just put it in here as like a setup for later. And then by the end of this like the 24th issue or something, they mentioned yeah. that it's mid February. Yeah. So we still have, they're, they're laying down tracks for a long ass time. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> which like, is we, awesome. We have a year to deal with the green night yeah. is yeah. what they say. Um, but and they the, even mentioned that there's different mm-hmm. ways that story could end. And, you know, mm-hmm. even in the most recent version of The Green Knight we've seen in theaters, that's so true that we uh, do get to see multiple endings. I haven't of it. seen it. Well, you know, spoilers. So <laughs> we, there, there is, it is like an open-ended story in yeah. that way that we've even gotten to experience in modern media that there is, she does have multiple paths, you know, she could take. It's not just guaranteed, uh, you know, beheading come next December for all Rose, you know. <laughs> How'd you feel about Rose taking on the role of Gawain? I liked or it. I mean, I liked it because it was unconventional, and they'd already kind of talked about how um, <clears throat> you can't take on too many roles, or it'll literally like break the whole story. So it was like, who else was it going to go to? Um, mm-hmm. But I liked that she's becoming they that they chose to make her more like integral in the story in that way, and that she stopped being so much of just like a background character, just throwing you know uh, pins onto a board. She's actually, I feel like it <laughs> that in that moment, it really incorporated her more into the overall like theme of what the once and future is trying to tell us which yeah. is that these stories mm-hmm. are alive and they're going to force everybody into their tales whether you want to be in them or not you know i just thought it was badass because he came in just started chopping people's faces off the wrong way you know what i mean like imagine getting your face cut off you know from that like i don't even know how to describe that onto a podcast you know where like they cut literally your face off yeah. you know <laughs> you know there was what a way a to go where um where the green knight comes he chops the first guy's head off mm-hmm. right and oh, the guy outside. The yeah. guy yeah. outside, right? That's the end of one comic. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the next comic, and there he starts to fight the other guys inside the bar. Well, I was looking, and I went back and forth and back and forth, and it looks like the very next guy he kills looks exactly like the, the guy outside. outside the bar, which I thought was really funny because uh-huh. it, was, it was probably... You know, obviously on complete accident. Yeah. These issues probably came out like, what, a month apart from each other? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, they probably even forgot that they had already drawn this this, this, I, this pseudo character, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, but it's almost exactly the same. Are you saying all neo-Nazis look the same? I was about yes. to Jack, yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. They do, actually. I think Dan Moran, the Bone villain, decided. You could kind of point them out in a yeah. crowd. They all got white hoods on. Yeah, Nazis are just incredibly generic people. <laughs> no, I think that that is a funny observation. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they're all like kind of skinheads where they're yeah. either shaving their head or buzzing it. But it was um, the exact same outfit. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, bros dress alike, you know what I mean? <laughs> <they're> twins. <laughs> Twinsies. Oh, <laughs> uh, what if... Uh, well, never That's mind. sad. Yeah. Now, now we're getting sad. <laughs> um, but it was kind of... Um, disappointing that an ian let me down by being mm-hmm. a neo-nazi he was the last guy uh to be i guess gutted by the green knight our, um, the curse of our very uh european first names right yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> um but i thought it was cool that um or not cool but funny <laughs> that uh fucking rose gives the green knight a good chop with uh-huh. his with 
was it her axe? Where, she His, uses the Green Knight's axe, right? Yeah, yeah, he hands it to her. Okay, good. Because that's how it should be. I, I couldn't remember. Um, but then fucking Duncan's like, I don't know. This bloke looks dead. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then wakes up. Uh, but no, I love it. I love that the Green Knight makes it a, his a nice little appearance. It was cool. I mean, that's what I feel like this comic has going for it is that they can easily do that. It's like the stories they want to focus on, they can, but then, then it's just as easy to kind of like throw like little Easter egg stories of relevance into here just like this. And so exactly, I'm sure it's going to pay off in issue 30 or something when mm-hmm. the Green Knight returns and we literally have to deal with him probably in the middle of a situation where it's like, oh, great. Now this guy's also here and right. we have to deal with this stuff. I have to believe that uh, Kieran Gillen's going to really find like a creative way to like incorporate that they're not going to be ready as much as they're like, we have a whole year to deal with that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing come that year, they're gonna be like, fuck, we forgot all about this shit somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I can um, I can honestly see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, How many issues do you think they're going to pump out of Once in Future? You know, that's a good question. Um, I'm thinking like 50. I was thinking like 50. Because I think that that's kind of the benchmark that a lot of books, especially indie books, mm-hmm. kind of head towards his fifth i mean but that would mean that we're not even halfway through the story with what we've read right now yeah. having only mm-hmm. done 24 issues and that's kind of would be crazy to me because it's like it feels uh, about halfway or i mean more. i was gonna say more to me in the sense of like oh. i feel like now that you know i don't want to get too much to the ending but i feel like we've been given a situation where it's like these issues are gonna have to get resolved sooner like how long can they really spend in other worlds you know like how long before they need to have like these average people who are like living in a castle getting attacked by giants like how long can they really survive like that you know so this this book moves at a million miles per hour Mm -hmm. so i could believe that they could solve this in two issues yeah exactly i mean like it's 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 so fast but then it like draws a lot of stuff out in interesting ways Mm -hmm. that are character focused and not so much world like um conscious mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah um but from here we um oh real quick i told ashley about how the characters kind of like assume roles mm-hmm. in the story mm-hmm. and how like they have to play to the role and stuff like that i was explaining the book to her yeah um and she her response was uh uh man theater kids are always so extra <laughs> <laughs> I that was a pretty good response to this book. Honestly. <laughs> like, I have to be Jack. Yeah. Uh, but from here, we learn more about kind of Mary and what she's going through and how she's <laughs> mm-hmm. assuming Nimue or the role of Nimue. Mm-hmm. But then she travels into Otherworld through like the boiling cauldron yeah, again. Or... Right. Which they, I think that was the Guinevere role we were talking on, which is that she was rescued by Lancelot from right. a cauldron of boiling water. So that was like her way of like, it was like a pseudo. Yeah. Was, assuming that portion of the story. Like how we kind of mm. see modern witchcraft in the sense of like a seance to like, you know, offers a ghost something they want. So they mm. show up in present, you know, she's like, Oh, here, I'm just going to boil myself alive in the hopes that he comes <laughs> and rescues me. Isn't thinking, it, isn't it interesting? That I think maybe in a way she did, take on Guinevere. a third yeah. role then you know what i mean and i think that's why she's such a broken character after a while is because she's it, like they describe if you take on too many roles it's gonna fuck, fuck you me. up and yeah. so i think she's like almost like splintered from all mm-hmm. these person different personalities she's meaning to like inhabit you know yeah i think it's um i think it's it's a weird role that they have to learn how to use like to supplant uh, uh, what i'm trying to say is 
Whoa, hold on. My mind's breaking. Um, what, <laughs> Too many roles. Yeah. Well, so what I'm what I'm kind of realizing is the human characters that are assuming these roles mm-hmm. technically have the most power because all the other characters that are being supplanted into the story that aren't already a human character are like zombies needing to like fulfill the role exactly. Right. And so it's interesting that they haven't figured out uh, the best way to use that in their advantage. Well, and honestly, right here, Mary kind of does, where she is Elaine or Nimue. She goes in and has the affair with Lancelot, knowing that Lancelot needs to fuck Arthur's wife yeah. in order to have fucking Galahad, you know? And so it's it's like she is pretending to take the role, but then not actually taking actually the role. Actually doing it. So yeah. in, in reality, Mary is the one that's playing the game the best. The best, absolutely. <laughs> it's like she understands how the rules, as far as that works the best. Yeah. yeah. Where it seems like... Uh... What is it, Gran Rose? You know, yeah. <laughs> or uh, what is it? What is her name? What's her actual Bridget? Bridget? I was yeah. like, what is her actual yeah. name? I was like, for some reason, like not finding it on there. <laughs> um, Bridget. I mean, if although obviously has like all the monster knowledge and stuff, yeah, it almost feels like she just never had to like deal with stories to like such a degree. Exactly, it almost feels like she doesn't really. She's like playing just as much catch up as a lot of the other characters are yeah. a lot of the time. I felt like in uh, one through twelve, she was definitely like our guiding star. Mm-hmm. She was the source of all knowledge. Like, oh well, she'll have the answer to it. But that I didn't feel that so much in these latter issues. I felt like she was yeah. definitely kind of also in the shit and having to kind of like react to a lot of the situations I they're like put that. in. And exactly, it felt mm-hmm. it changed the dynamic, and that's what's important to keep the story interesting in a way we can't just have this endless dynamic of duncan gets put in a situation and bridget solves it you know Mm -hmm. we need like those relationships to flip or you know or her you know and so i think they did such a great job of making her have just as much conflict as everyone else around her you know she's just not like a get out of jail free card um a lot of the time which yeah i felt like we did get a little bit more of like i said in the first the first 12 yeah i also feel like that kind of plays to like the whole point of this story which is the fact that the stories change yeah and so like they bridget even tells rose that at one point like oh i should be fine because we have a whole year till the green knight comes to kill me so i'm not gonna die anytime soon yeah and bridget, <laughs> she's, she's and, it's like that yeah. bulletproof storytelling yeah. yeah and gran is like no that's mm, not the case because yeah. stories always change yeah and the story can end in so many different ways and i think that's kind of what we're seeing here you yeah. know stories change where at a time bridget did know everything but now she doesn't you know and it and it could be like you were saying prior but maybe it's because she's never truly assumed a role like the way mary is doing been a full part of the story but also because all these different stories are mixing so much together Mm -hmm. there is no precedence there's no way no reference for her to go back to and be like okay i know how to deal with this you know what i mean i so i have a theory Mm-hmm. And that is that I think the the focal Arthur that we see, because later mm-hmm. we'll be introduced to multiple Arthurs. M- multiple. Yeah. Um, I think his Merlin is a human that is assuming that role of Merlin. Oh, yeah? I, I didn't go back and read any of the previous 12 issues, mm-hmm. so I don't remember. He just kind of just shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, what if it's the real Merlin? Well, the so original that's, Merlin? That's the idea is that- all, He never died. He, yeah. <laughs> But he he is playing the game. He is conscious yeah. of the idea that all these people are assuming these other roles. Yeah. While like dumb people like fucking Galahad fall into it so far that they forget they're human that they were human. Yeah, at one he's point. like the only one on like 
that Arthur's team who seems to know that this is all a game to be played. Right. It isn't the, the, like the real events of life where like Arthur's just as much into it where he's like, I must do these things. We constantly yeah. see Merlin like, fuck, I don't want this to all just happen exactly how it happened the first five times. You yeah. Know? It almost even feels like this isn't even just the second time he's gone through these things. You know? <laughs> I know. But yeah, no, that, that's another thing. Like it feels like, like when he says like, Oh, I don't want this to happen again. It feels like, he was there mm-hmm. when yeah. it happened the first time, the second time, the third time mm-hmm. when what the if? story was originally made. So I'm thinking with all this magic, he's a story that's been kept alive. They talk about how Beowulf was trapped in a manuscript. Mm-hmm. So what if like there's just some things that are essentially that yeah, a story immortal. that can be twisted enough that it can stay alive, keep itself alive. What if, you know, what if, Fuck! What if um, Merlin is Bridget's dad? Oh, the the Fisher King. No, no that was, that was her, her husband. husband. Yeah. yeah, that's right. What if Merlin is her father, and they're like all a lineage of Merlin, basically? Yeah, it could be a thing. Low key, I thought there was going to be a point in this in these twelve issues where Bridget was going to assume her own Merlin role. Mm. Which would make sense, absolutely. Well, but then I guess that would require Duncan to become Arthur. his own Arthur. Arthur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I'm not against. Because we already see I, Arthur's versus Arthur's. I think we're we're like low key uh, ruining spoiling Kieran Gillen's plan here. <laughs> you little, you you wicked genius over there. Um, and that's true. We haven't actually seen that. Well, I don't think we've seen any of the Merlin's faces because they're all kind of continuously hooded. But I guess that's mm-hmm. something that could be mm-hmm. very plot twisted. Even though he's got all, like obviously all the red you know uh, veins and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean that could just be like magic yeah (laughs) or something that's been keeping him alive yeah it's just a guy so that's an interesting uh avenue they could definitely go down because he does just definitely just kind of show up Um, but so do the other arthurs i felt like that was something that like low-key confused me just a little bit when the other arthurs showed up and i was like I guess this is just because they're in Otherworld now and there's so many different iterations yeah, of these stories. Exactly. I mean, and I understood that, but it didn't really like fully explain that yeah. before he was just handing it to us, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is just like Scottish version of their beliefs <laughs> of what Arthur was like, you know, or yeah. something like that. So um, I was talking to Ian about this before before you got here. How could you? Um, <laughs> but I don't even know what he's about to I had <laughs> I had read the comic. I had finished reading the comic earlier this morning. Oh, uh-huh. me too, yeah. Like an hour before I got here. And um, I was just sitting there thinking about it for a while. And I was like, oh, so like recently when I was eating my food, I was like, oh, that's why there's so many Arthurs. Mm -hmm. All the different story iterations. I didn't even get that right away. Well, because they mentioned they're like, oh, here comes the West's interpretation or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so I thought it was going to be American Arthur or something (laughs) like that. But I think it was just like West of England, which I don't even know. Like, what is that? Irish? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't even know. Yeah, exactly. Ireland. (laughs) I mean, it could have even been our interpretation of it. They could have even meant that. It's like the American idea of what Arthur was like, which is much more like silver (laughs) silver armored white knight. You know what I mean? Kind of ideology. Dude, he looks so. fucking bad. I love ass, all of the character design. Though. Honestly, yeah. the monster fucking, or dude, not. Dan yeah. Moore's character design is fucking incredible, and fucking Bond villain's coloring just fucking sets yes. it off so much. Her choice to use these light pastels, especially for like the landscape and the mm-hmm. skylines and stuff, makes it so fucking incredible to just look at this goddamn comic book because we go from some of the darkest darks to some of the brightest brights, and they don't feel clashing. Mm-hmm. It feels so fucking beautiful. And uh, honestly, some of the darkest, darker parts of the comic are some of my favorite parts. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like darker is in coloring, like yeah. 
they they do a good job. The contrast is perfect. And I mean, just page to page, we get shit like this where all the backgrounds are green and they feel mm-hmm. fucking surreal. And then next page, we get the most realistic looking fucking landscape with the most gorgeous pink sunset in the yeah. background. And it's just they, it's just like she knows what needs to look yeah. surreal and what needs to look grounded and real. And it the, it's so perfectly placed. I feel like that's each other. more of an American interpretation. Well, because yeah. it's like actual like knight armor and shit, yeah. yeah. like the third Arthur that we see. <laughs> Um, let's talk about Lancelot's, uh, I guess, uh, introduction, introduction, yeah. which is mm-hmm. still like I think issue two or three. And he's like a fish boy or something. Oh, he's like God. he's like Namor. <laughs> he's so That's dope. Right. Yeah. And do you think so? I don't know too much about Arthurian lore. Is it because he's in love with the Lady of the Lake that he assumes basically like? A personification of the lake. I guess yeah, that's a good that's a good as guess as I could make. <laughs> I don't know well enough, but yeah, it it looks sick. There's like little fishies mm-hmm. inside his body. Mm-hmm. I just I love the way he looks. Yeah, and we he, need we need to get into our Shakespeare a little bit more so we understand some of these <laughs> these references they're right? making. <laughs> Did Shakespeare do any Arthur stuff? Uh, King Lear was a Shakespearean. Story, I don't know if that's so. related to Arthur though. I think a little. I think he's done Arthurian stories. Probably, I have to believe. I, I have to believe. That's, awesome. that's why but he made up a lot of his own kings because because yeah. he did King Lear and essentially ended the story mm-hmm. with King Lear and Macbeth and you know a lot yeah. of that's why I see that was who uh, Loki I thought was showing up at the end of the story when they were like he might fucking kill us. I was like, oh, they're literally going to bring Macbeth into this shit oh. because that's like because they were leading up with Shakespeare's quill and everything and exactly and yeah. so and that's like a. And that's like a famous murderer from, you know, like Shakespearean lore. So that was who I was kind of ramping up to, who I thought was going to be our our final uh, introduction before we, you know, stopped reading. As soon so as they said anything about like um, somebody who like attacks, like fights kings. kings and stuff and and stuff like that, I was like, oh, it's Robin. Oh, Hood. also a king murderer. That's yeah. that was that was why I put those Fair things enough. together. You know, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. Macbeth is also a king killer. But so. I was like, oh, it's Robin Hood. Well, I kind of knew right when away. They, Spoilers. <laughs> when they talked okay. about the arrow, that's when I was like, oh, this is so dope. All right, yeah. well, y'all yeah. put it together way better than I did. I was like, I don't know where this shit's fucking going. So when he popped up, I was like, is he a Shakespeare story? <laughs> is he? No. I don't think, it, uh, besides like King Lear, I don't know if a lot of this was Shakespearean. Yeah. yeah it's mm-hmm. just that, that's why I was like really intrigued that he even got brought up as like a world-class monster hunter, you yeah. know? But I, I always think that kind of shit's fun, you know, when they like... Or like, oh, Abraham Lincoln fought vampires, you know? Yeah. It's like, why not? Well, he you know? did, didn't he? <laughs> yes. Exactly. Like, that's part of I mean, history, there's American a, history. There's a whole movie about it, so I mean, it must be real, you know? Yeah. It must be real. <laughs> um, Lancelot looks dope. I love him. Um, it's, it was... Yeah, Lance a lot. I liked him a Lance a lot, you know? <laughs> it's confusing to me mm-hmm. that he aligns himself with the Arthur that is from Otherworld. yeah. Do you think that's because they were all from Otherworld? Because, like, the first time we see him is through the cauldron. He comes to sh- save mm-hmm. uh, Elaine or or Mary or Nimue, what what have you. Well, I think I think Mary was playing a bigger game than right. Merlin realized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, because yeah, she goes there. Oh, what were you gonna say? Well, basically, because like it seems like. Merlin's part of the game or like the one with the um Arthur that's actually like fucking with them at first I feel like that they didn't get a Lancelot for them. Yeah. You know, so that's like true. she, she intentionally... I think she intentionally went to a different Lancelot. Oh. 
See, that's so interesting because... See, I feel like they it's just the way that they awoke him was intentionally to set him against our opposing Arthur. So it's right. mm-hmm. we're going to have to be like Arthur 1, Arthur 2, and Arthur 3 here right. at this yeah. point. So I feel like the way that we even see Bridget and then bring Lancelot back into the reality is to pin him against that particular Arthur. Mm. Um, and I've, I've Do you think that's like, because that Arthur was reborn in our world uh, away from other And that's what I was going to say. I feel like other yeah. the ones in other world are probably like closer to like the tr- their story or like the power of the stories right. than like this one that was exactly like through human work or, you know, in, yeah. or like ritual was brought back. I feel like ours is definitely the more like lesser king, you know, like the, the one that has the least amount of power, at least at the time we that Lancelot even gets to see him because it's mm-hmm. before he really gets to go, you know, full boy, you know, and uh, get, you know, and rip prime minister's heads off and shit, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, the whole aspect with fucking Jason, Jason Hempelworth and, and James, the, mm-hmm. the, the like the government agents that are like watching over the fucking Dun- yeah. the McGuire family. Yeah. Who is it? The Shadow Minister. Yeah, yeah the, the Shadow Minister. He says two different things. He says Shadow Minister and Shadow Secretary, oh, which nice. is funny Good. to me. Both are cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that was going to lead into them assuming bigger roles. I thought James was going to assume a role, and I thought mm. Jason Hembleworth was going to assume a role. But that mm. all that that really led out to was that they he wasn't the agent wasn't able to contain they're the whistleblowers essentially yeah, yeah. boars yeah boars. boars and so that's where the... prime ministers come on tv and then all hell breaks loose and we're we're allowed to have other world yeah if there were any boars in this comic it was probably this part i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i just wanted to make that joke yeah that's a good one because then it got too political it got way too political right there because <laughs> because the point the point of this comic is that like once you know the story you're like the story can manifest around mm-hmm. yeah. and so him essentially telling the whole fucking country the mm-hmm. stories everybody's like oh there's a there's a ghost near me yeah and so there's ghosts now there's yeah. something else that i feel like played with that that idea that i can't think of where it's like if once the whole collective knows about something there's no putting the genie back in the bottle you something know something like, is killing the children oh yeah there you go yeah. that's what it was which we got like snippets at the end of some of these comics Oh like, yeah, they were and yeah. they were saying like, "Get ready for Dude. something is killing the children." Boom, boom, boom! You know, <laughs> I got excited. I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah!" I love those advertisements. And the House of Slaughter's out now too. There's mm-hmm. there's some of that you can even read. So gotta yeah. get in there and good job. So. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Maybe. Anyway, um, um, I yeah. want to just like kind of close up the last or oh, these yeah. these these six issues. And basically, there's the whole area where Fine. oh Rose and Mary finally meet. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Mary leads on that Bridget is not always telling the truth about everything. Yeah, right. Her mother. She's like, I can play my own games, and so can she. You know. Yeah, and so I thought that that was kind of cool because I thought for a second Rose was going to run off with Mary, mm-hmm. um, but that didn't happen. Which good, fine. Uh, but I just love the fact that once the government agents show up and they're having like the gunfight with mm-hmm. Mary upstairs. Rose is like, you're destroying my flat. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I couldn't, that kind of fight was kind of unbelievable because she's like fighting like two guys with like fully automatic rifles with like a handgun on like a very open staircase. Like just shoot at her. <laughs> she maybe, can't pin you down if you just shoot at her. Maybe she assumed the role of uh, <laughs> Solid Snake. Of, uh, of John Wick. I mean, Wick, yeah. but haven't you ever seen Star Wars? She had the high ground. That is true. <laughs> she did have the high ground twice. I mean, she's up two flights of exactly. stairs. Exactly. God damn it. She'd see them way before they saw her. 
when she shows her like scarred body mm-hmm. and explains to Rose and is just like, no, I've done shit that you don't even understand to to get into these stories. Like I've made more sacrifice than any of you people. You know, yeah. it really shows that uh, even though she is obviously still playing the game, kind of like Galahad or someone, she's like kind of the most invested into it and is yeah. willing to basically put herself through anything to be the put herself in these roles. You know, yeah, but so, we still don't necessarily understand what she wants. Right, right. Her son back, which is, I think, one of her biggest goals we see openly being mm -hmm. expressed. But how come she wants that son back so badly? And doesn't give a shit about Duncan. (laughs) She raised to assume the role so desperately, yeah, that she doesn't even give a shit about Duncan. It's like it's, it's like the one you raised versus you know yeah versus the you know blood in, in totality because I think she sees Duncan as like a, more of a product of Bridget at this point you know he's the one that she's managed to corrupt against her you know mm-hmm. where Galahad was like her perfect boy until he got turned into you know creepy maggot horseman yeah. you know he's a centaur God, he's, he's, magic. he's he's got a rough life i feel so bad for him every time he's on yeah. panel i'm like oh poor poor old wannabe galahad what was his even his real name before he got all i think it was up? just galahad really it was she yeah, literally named, she him, named galahad. him galahad yeah. yeah poor dude if if we're wrong uh go ahead and chime in here Okay. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, audience. We're just a bunch of interrupting ninnies over what? here, you know. So yeah, but his story's getting really gallus sad for me. So yeah. I hope mm-hmm. that they uh they give him a little bit more of a redemption arc because honestly, he's like the ultimate victim that we've had in yes. all of this. Yeah, you know? for sure. Say gallus sad again. Gallus sad. Thank you. I'm getting gala mad. <laughs> that's that's Galarad. Okay, uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll finish talking about uh, Once in Future. Mm. And I welcome back. Ready. Oh, All shit. Right, we're back. Hey, guys, we're still talking about Once in Future. How do you guys feel about that? Okay, well, we're still going to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, too bad. We don't know fuck how you feel. Jesus. <laughs> when really did this become so rude. antagonistic? I, I feel like we- our fans fucking hate us. Give you people a tiny bit of control, and look what you do with it. <laughs> Was that uh, them? A bunch of bozos. It's a whole bold bozo multiverse out there. Lizard shit. Fuck. Bozo multiverse. <laughs> I'm gonna be fucko bozo. <laughs> um, let's talk about once a few. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Otherworld comes crashing into our reality. Once you know about Otherworld, it's just here, and so um, that kind of leads the nursing home that Bridget lives in in peril. Uh, because how the fuck are we supposed to assume that all these old people are going to be able to survive this? Yeah. It, especially when fucking not six issues ago, right? A couple of them got slaughtered. Yeah, you know, so Just it's like, like insta killed yeah. too. And you know the last, you know, in the end of issue eighteen, we literally see this giant picture of mm-hmm. Otherworld. And there's like all these giant monsters like roaming around in it. Exactly. So it's like how are just average Joes gonna get by in this world of like giant monsters and myth when like we even see duncan and them struggling to like defeat these creatures and stuff most of the time so Mm -hmm. um that's why i'm like convinced it's like would be crazy for me to imagine them going for a long time in this environment because i feel like dang we already spent you know what six issues or more you know in or 12 issues in or just about it feels like another world i guess it's just six it felt like i i read so much while we were in other world that was the thing like once we were actually there i felt like there was so much content of like them having to survive it you know because we get 
so many different perspectives of what's going on at that yeah. point. There's so many, so many wheels turning because we're getting Mary's story, we're getting Duncan and Bridget's story, we're getting the you know uh, Arthur's and Merlin's, we're getting the people from the nursing home. Yeah. So there's just so many things we're kind of jumping mm-hmm. around to. It's kind of crazy the amount of kind of uh, storytelling getting done in just these six issues. So do you I was very wish? By that. Do you wish that there was just one focal character, or do you do you like that there is a bunch of uh, characters to follow consistently throughout this story. I think I like it because it makes it something different than other things that we've read where stuff right. like Kate Bishop was so focused on like basically being a camera mm-hmm. over her shoulder. You know, this feels like much more like a TV show or something where exactly we have all of these different elements we're having to keep up with. And mm-hmm. it's <clears throat> more getting excited about how they're all going to come to clash in a right. you know in a final kind of arc it's like seeing like all of these things build up in different ways instead of just following along with like this one character to give a shit about i think this book succeeds for being such an open net mm-hmm. of characters i think that's what keeps it interesting and fresh instead of just you know because i would feel like if we're all we gave a shit about was duncan being percival and beowulf we'd mm-hmm. be running out of steam at this point but knowing that rose is go on and uh, mary is nimue and elaine now we have jack we have all these stories yeah. getting pulled up more and more it's just keeping the interest going for even people like us who don't totally know the full you know <laughs> details of these, yeah. these these stories that are so relevant on the other side you know so like i i couldn't agree with you more like uh i i feel like one of the best ways i can i guess describe it is that this is a very well-rounded book mm-hmm. like uh i say book it's, it, it'll be a book one day yeah. you know <laughs> um but it, it's very well-rounded these comics and it's uh they they do a really good job of taking use of every single character they give you like if we're putting a character in a scene guess what he's either gonna fucking die or he's gonna become part of the story. There's yeah. no, there's no other way for them to continue, mm-hmm. and it's just, it, it's such good storytelling. And I wouldn't say that like Kate Bishop wasn't well rounded, but they're not making use of every character like the yeah. way this is doing. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I enjoy that a I lot. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to draw criticism to to Kate Bishop, no, I mean, but absolutely. there, there was plenty of characters introduced in that book, and they were only ever there to serve. Kate Bishop mm-hmm. yeah you know what I mean and we even talked on that where it was like these characters that we have to kind of just convince are willing to play along in an environment like California and be like oh well, I'll pay you maybe someday yeah. you know if you mm-hmm. can do like constant work for my business that's earning me money yeah <laughs> yeah like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the I love these last six issues mm-hmm. though I, I always have to bring this up because mm-hmm. it's it's hard to get people to get into comic books it's hard to get people to read text read words no matter how fucking wonderful this art is by our fucking beautiful creators i know some of you jerks (laughs) listening to this didn't read the book which is fine (laughs) which is fine that's what we're here for but yeah you should read a book (laughs) it's because they have bozos like us (laughs) who are telling them about it spilling all the beans (laughs) We're just young. I was about to fucking say that. (laughs) Where is that button? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely not it. That was definitely it. (laughs) That was good enough for me. Um, Anyway, no, where I was going with this, it's it's hard to get people to read these books, regardless of how fucking absolutely beautiful and wonderful Mm -hmm. they are. So it always leads me to, well, then how can I get this story to somebody except through the obvious app? option which is adaptation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. these last six issues is where the adaptation of live action goes out the door for me 
where beforehand, this could have been very episodic, very Mm. serial, where every episode it's Duncan and Rose and Bridget having to figure out how to kill, you know, a a, a sphinx. Not Mm -hmm. a sphinx. Well, yeah, a sphinx. Mm -hmm. Whatever. You know, and I think that that could still be a great show because you only see the monster a couple of times and it's towards the end of the fucking episode and it's usually in the dark mm-hmm. and it's so much easier to animate shit in the dark absolutely and that but, was what we got a lot more in the first 12 issues mm-hmm. was the more of the monsters we were just getting the scene as like mm-hmm. duncan's like finishing them off and he's like all right. right well i just finished that mission yeah. and so much more <laughs> yeah. of the consistent monsters were like human monsters like arthur right. merlin beowulf and but now as we got into other world that's when we got like all the fucking monster monsters mm-hmm. and it was yeah. such a big transition for the story you're right so i mean unless it's like $2 billion budget, it would be tough to believe that they were going to do a lot of this stuff justice, especially things like the fucking F-words because they are yeah. they were terrifying, you know? I don't yeah. want to say it. I don't want to get my guts eaten, you know? <laughs> I, Fairies. Ah, I don't completely agree with y'all oh. um, because I can still see it being turned into an anime. That's where I was going. Animation. Because yeah. I can't see it being live action. I, yeah. I agree with that. But it can still be a show. I mean, you got Duncan you can right here. You still definitely do it. Is he behind you? Yeah, he's all. Oh, yeah, he's back there. <laughs> he's on the shelf right over yeah. there. Are you, are you hiding him? <laughs> Fuck you, Damien. Um, I told you, you're too handsome to be Duncan. Well, exactly. You know, you play. It would you be play, offensive you, if I called you. You Duncan. play characters below yourself. You know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what everyone does. Exactly. That's what every drama has. Yeah. Um, you think, no. You think Tom Hanks wasn't better than? Uh, Forrest Gump. No, I was going to say uh, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's offensive. Yeah, it was. I'm sorry, guys. Animated. Animated. Dude, imagine. Imagine, okay, I don't think Super Crooks needs a sequel. No. I don't think it's going to get a sequel. Nah. Imagine that team doing this. I don't think they could do the backgrounds as well. But character design and just action in general would be pretty cool. But the thing about this book is it's very gritty. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a lot of Dan Mora's ink strokes are, are obviously digital, because I see some of his pen strokes, and I'm like, oh, I could do that in Procreate right mm-hmm. now. Um, it's it's still got that real furious look to it. So... Yeah. So you're... Are you talking about it as if the animation from Super Crooks? No, just now that team. that team... Like, if that okay. team... Isn't could. making a Super Crook season two... Put them on once it, in future. It's hard for well, me to imagine what kind of animation I would want this exactly that's, to that's be. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, it's, because, you would want it to be its own new thing? Well, what I would probably try to do, and I haven't seen too much of it, and I, but y'all seem to love it, is I would make it similar to like Demon Slayer, like that type of animation. I and ju- I like how we're just going to the Japanese style 100%. No, <laughs> but, but the reason I would want to go to that type of animation is because of they're contrasting colors mm-hmm. like that oh, you're not yeah. going to get too many good animation studios um to do something like that like to get that wide of contrast mm-hmm. the way that it is in this comic i agree you know a lot of those characters are designed with beautiful vibrant colors mm-hmm. and then they're set in these dark areas mm-hmm. exactly then, real quick every time grand smokes out of her cigarette it yeah. looks like the like the super moves in <laughs> fucking demon slayer it looks <laughs> i love it the smoke looks badass yeah. i know it looks so dope <laughs> uh but yeah it's i think well we mm-hmm. lean towards anime anime mm-hmm. because they're the only ones that are consistently pumping out 
quality quality cartoons you know a lot of the cartoons here are either for kids or not of par that we would kind of want to right. see this at mm-hmm. you know so i don't know that's all i wanted to talk about when it came to adaptation yeah and i mean i think that probably would be the the only way that we could get it in a way that would be uh fulfilling you know mm-hmm. but it, mm-hmm. yeah it'd be interesting to me to see what style they would do it in you know to give it kind of a justice because i would want these pastel colors you know that's the mm-hmm. one thing i wouldn't want taken away from the design of the comic book is it's i feel like a lot of the coloring and stuff really gives it like you're saying that the vibrance of character with still these very dark environments mm-hmm. they create mm-hmm. like the grittiness that we're meant to be feeling of like the, there's actual stakes in these environments right you know? so i agree yeah. let's talk about other arthur when he shows up because he looks fucking dope a2 a2 yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um he so he uh he was the, my favorite looking arthur yeah no for well, i sure. mean it's tough because then that third arthur comes in at the end but but he's he's that. mostly obscured his face but his mm-hmm. armor looks dope yeah but the power ranger arthur is fucking sick <laughs> dude him and their galahad yeah mm-hmm. the arthur a2 lancelot and God, galahad so 2 g2 dude. they look so fucking dope mm-hmm they look so dope. And and uh A one is like leading hordes of like undead. Yeah. And right. fucking Lancelot slight dude, that's like one of the best pages in this fucking When Lancelot fucking just tears through him. everyone. It looks so fucking sick. Let me see if I can flip to it real quick. I have it right here, right? This one you know about? That's the one. Yeah. So, dude, if you look at the bottom, the bottom two panels, mm-hmm. it's just this beautiful like skyline with these icy. It looks hills like he's the on the moon or something, you know. And then the it next reminds me of Moon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> it does. And then the next panel below it is just furious of just absolute like molten hell and bones scattered across. Yeah. And it's so dope. How the fuck did they? I feel like, I feel like more than Kieran Gillen is in communication with Dan Mora. Mm-hmm. I think Dan Mora and Tamara Bonvillain are in constant communication on how. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. the yeah. The art and the coloring are just so perfectly in sync with each other. It's like those two have to be like the wor- world's greatest best friends when it comes to like, or, like, <laughs> yeah. or collaborators when it comes to making this comic book together because it just feels so in sync with the way. That's what I was kind of talking about earlier. It feels like she knows exactly what every page was meant to to look like yeah. from mm-hmm. the start, you know, what, which ones needed these crazy vibrant colors with that have n- just a pale white background. And then, like you said, the very next panel, a gorgeous ice scape behind it. Mm-hmm. It's like, how are we jumping from these insane differences and the colors just matching just so gorgeously. I fucking love this page. It was probably one of my favorite pages we got to look at mm-hmm. throughout all of this, throughout all 24 issues we've read, because yeah. it's just a accumulation of everything that makes the artwork in this comic fucking so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking... Sorry, that was a bad So great. Accident. That was a good one. (laughs) I can't even contain my farts. I'm just so excited. Um, I just love the idea of like Arthur versus Arthur. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one that and it was something that was a genuine surprise to me where like when it first happened, I was like, what is happening right now? But Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that makes so much sense that like we talked on, there would be these incredible different iterations. And if everything's just a story, then obviously if you have two very different stories about the same subject, they would create doppelgangers of that person and not combine you know i think so i think it's because the prime arthur has to have the mental capability to assume every iteration of arthur previous in order to not allow 
other Arthurs to exist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. And so that's why multiple Galahads are allowed to show up. That's why a Percival could show up, even though Duncan is also playing Percival, right. mm-hmm. you know? Um, let's talk about when they go to Bath to save Rose's parents. Mm-hmm. Did you anticipate that they'd be alive? No. <laughs> I thought no, for I, sure we were going to open not. up the door, they're going to be stone, yeah. and Rose is going to be devastated. Yeah, because of the Gorgon. Yeah. yeah. Which it, I thought was cool. They had a male Gorgon. Yeah. He looks so dope. And they even talked about how rare it was. It's like, mm-hmm. this, is a, this is a rare breed we got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looked brilliant, too. It mm-hmm. looks so dope. And then they go, what was it? They went running down like, oh, they went into a temple. Yeah, because they're running right. from the whichever knight it is. It's that's Eliold. Chasing, Eliold, who's Eliold. chasing them and who rips out his own eyes yes. just to fight okay. the Gorgon. When that happened, <laughs> I went back and forth and back and forth because I was like, it's just like squish and there's an eyeball. Yeah. I was like, did somebody throw their fucking eyes at it? <laughs> and then it's I was because like, Bridget's he's blind. taunting yeah. Eliold, yeah. like, hey, there's a monster down here. And Eliold's like, I have to prove myself. Yeah. He's like, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a knight. I fight monsters. That's yeah. what I do. <laughs> Um, I love that they manipulate him in that way. They're like, yes. these guys are going to do these things. They're because, like zombies. Yeah. They mm-hmm. have to follow these personality traits. They got to save the lady. They got to fight the monster. So as long as we put one of those things between us and them, they're going to get distracted. <laughs> it's almost like our main characters are DMs and they're, yeah. they have the most trustworthy <laughs> yeah. like dungeon players or D&D players <laughs> to play along with them where they're just like, I can manipulate them in the right way, mm-hmm. you know? I love it, dude. It's mm-hmm. so good. And that's what leads me to why I believe Merlin is a man or a human playing the role because he's able to sway the other Arthur when he spills the beans that Lancelot has slept with his Genevieve there's or no, Guinevere. Yeah, there's no one we've seen resurrected from the story who can see outside of it. So what's like, why could he? Not even the other Merlins seem to have that power from anything that we've been given, you know? So why does this one Merlin have the ability to break the fourth wall and see himself as something other than just part of the story, you know? Right, right. But yeah, um, I, I loved that. Mystery. That's, that's how they kind of uh, defeat A2, is that yeah. he's like, yo, uh, your girl's a hussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he slept with your wife, you ninny. He's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, he like grows a mouth. It's so dope. Um, what was the guy on the lion's name? Do you remember? Oh, it's uh, Evane. Uh, Evane, okay, yeah, because I thought he was badass too. I love, I love. I, I thought his it was like Ivan. I think it's uh, <laughs> Ivan. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure y'all Yvain. are more right. Uh, regardless, uh, Ivan. I like. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> no, Ivan, not Frank. Um, <laughs> I we all kind of skimmed over it, but when they were in Oops, Bath, <laughs> um, when they ran into the temple, there was like a river, right? Yes, like water. The oh. and, well, no, it was a, it was oh. it was a river that people had made stories about saying it was connected to the all the other rivers in the underworld which in the underworld there's like three other rivers right Mm -hmm. and the river Styx is one of them okay um but in like uh greek times and roman times of course rivers were very seen as very powerful to them Mm -hmm. you know like they even had like the river tigris which it's an actual river but they believed that it would it's no current was so strong that it would purify you of like stuff when you walk through it um but I just thought it was really cool because I love I love that that type of mythology. It seemed interesting though that they brought it up at all, mm-hmm. like as if it should exactly. play a role later. Well, I think I think it was just another thing, just talking about like stories. Yeah. Yeah. Just in general, like there's stories all over the fucking world. Exactly. Like we're just dealing with a small piece that could 
fuck up everything. Yeah, imagine you just, know. what if I just took a copy of Tom Sawyer into England? Am I going to all of a sudden wake up a little <laughs> jerk who makes me paint his fence for free? Like, am I going to be like, why am I doing this? <laughs> but when they showed the river sticks, I was thinking like, oh, why don't they just assume the role of Achilles? You know, well, have okay. somebody dip them in the river sticks. Oh. And they're immortal. They're immortal. I mean, essentially, except for their, except for their heel. Right. Huh. What if they just, because they know how the story plays, they just get completely submerged? Mm-hmm. No, you got to follow the story. Yeah. That's the why like, changed. that was one thing I was interested on to go all the way back full th- circle is why Rose chose to behead the Green Knight. It's like, you don't have to kill him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your choice to swing at him however you wish. It's like, cut off a finger. And then a year later, he's just going to cut off your finger. You know, it's like, why do they have to behead him in that story? Why not? change the script in that moment so that you're not literally potentially costing yourself your life in a year you know that's so, a good call because i think he, she was i think she was confused on how much of the role she was even assuming though yeah mm-hmm. which is i mean a good call because i mean like you don't even have to hit him with the axe do no you? you could just hit him with the blunt side of him like yeah. oh got you bro and he's like all right gonna get you in a year bro <laughs> is that how that works i don't know the story of the green knight that's well. pretty much how yes. it's like you give him your best shot and he'll give you his the same so there's different iterations. Mm-hmm. He's a We're, test of courageousness, you right. know. Yeah, but regardless, he he seems like he's gonna kill you anyway. <laughs> or morality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he's like, you didn't answer my question, and he cuts your head off. <laughs> I know this Green Knight was a complete jackass. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I can imagine that he was walking down the street for a while, uh-huh. and he was like, "Test your metal," and somebody was all, "What'd you say?" And he just cut their head <laughs> off. Yeah. It was like he unworthy. Yeah. <laughs> True. He's like Mjolnir if he was a person. He's like, unworthy. Yeah. Unworthy. Ha <laughs> 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 Let's go back to Bath real quick. Yeah, let's skip back um, deep in the baths yeah. of Bath. I loved that Rose's dad made a shield. A I've mirror seen, shield. Once we did see that they were alive, I did appreciate that they weren't just like, oh, we're coincidentally alive and just boarded ourselves up. At least they were like, oh, no, we know that's a Gorgon out there. and yeah. we're, We knew the religion of our, or the, the story of our city and we're prepared to fight this dude. It's like, yeah. oh, y'all are adorable. <laughs> well, they also said, like, like I'm kind of a hoarder yeah. and he likes this stuff, whatever. Yeah. So. They love classical uh, yeah, exactly. history and stuff like that. <laughs> They're classes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Classicalists is what yeah. Duncan called them at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, great banter. Keep it going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they, they escape Bath. Um, fucking, uh, what's his name? Eliold, like we said, blinded yeah. himself just to fight the Gorgon. Does the Gorgon get away? No. No. The well, yeah, he does. Well, because we see that Eliot has been turned to stone yeah. later on, mm-hmm. that his eyes started to grow back in his skull, and then as soon as they did just enough, he got turned to stone. Yeah. yeah. So that means we we could have the river sticks or or just any rivers, yeah. powerful rivers, show up later with the Gorgon. He's not Gorgon. You know, yet. I was I was thinking about it, and like I guess you would have to have a baby from birth. And grow him up as the role of Achilles. Because the story goes that he was dipped as a baby in the mm. river sticks, Held See, only by his heel. Yeah. I mean, but Duncan wasn't raised to be Beowulf and no. he assumed Beowulf. Mm-hmm. Like, it's interesting how how well you can like, just take the on role. these roles as yeah. long as the... the 
but I think situation would, lines up correctly for you. He would have to have his mother do it, you know, like dip him. Yeah. Because right. that's the story of Achilles. Can you imagine her trying to hold his like six foot ass? <laughs> I think uh, Louis C.K. makes a joke about about that, like about Achilles. about Achilles. Really? Yeah. He has a joke about Achilles. Yeah. He he's like he she dips her baby in the river sticks. And I don't know, she's like the goddess of fucking strength. Who, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, I don't know who holds them to a baby by their fucking heel. Yeah. Um, but then he also talks about like his daughter being like, why didn't she just like turn him around and dip him again <laughs> to get the rest to get I'd, the rest of I'd his heel? I held him by the penis. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, no one gets that's, hit. No one gets hit in the penis. You know, <laughs> every, every man's weakness yeah. hit regardless. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just, uh, they would never think to go for that. By the dick, and just, just dip him <laughs> like it. a candied apple. <laughs> but but his point, his whole point about Achilles was like that story just teaches me that it's never enough what you do with these for these fucking kids. He's like, <laughs> he's like she she protected ninety nine percent of his body, and he went out fucking fighting in sandals. Like he could have worn a big shoe. <laughs> that, that was Louis C.K.'s joke. I mean. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad we got his bit. There we go. Transcribed by you on this. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, right? Let's just watch that special right now. Here. <laughs> oh shit. Um, but I really, I really did like the whole bit with the giant and us mm-hmm. having to get mm-hmm. to see the yes. nursing home group have to actually deal with something, and even the way they have to deal with it, where they're like, "All right, we have to pick our best cow and go give it to the <laughs> F words, and hopefully they'll deal with the situation for us." Yeah, don't call them the F word. I know, dude. I'm too scared to say it. They're going to eat me. I wish I had seen the foresight because I definitely knew that the orderly, the nurse, Mm -hmm. his name was Jack. And the fucking. Oh, the giant. giant. Exactly. It's like they put it right in front of us and none of us put the formula together. But as soon as he would look down, he's like, beans. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) That's when I was like, oh, shit, this is so dope. But I I didn't expect it to just like. Obliterate. Yeah, just obliterate (laughs) and just be like the spikiest vine monster that you tear him up. So y'all were saying earlier that no matter what, the stories seem to like draw people into them drag mm-hmm. them into him mm-hmm. do you think just because they're in other world and his name happened to be fucking jack that's why a, a giant was giant attracted attack. to him yes. yeah. Yeah. that sucks and didn't mind that he wasn't anglo-saxon he's like it's okay i'll eat you little uh, english man yeah. he's like dang i was really hoping race would work in my favor right now <laughs> for the first time racism would, would help me out here <laughs> i thought that was so good <laughs> like, please don't eat Englishmen. <laughs> Maybe we don't taste good to you. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking good. Um, they go to the famous art armory. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. ends up being William Shakespeare's, which I'm interested to see how much further that plays into, mm-hmm. other than like. And I did like they the love. whole little gag where he's like, it's Shakespeare. And he's, he's, she's like, not everybody has to be a famous person. He's yeah. like, she's like, I'm relevant. And I'm not famous. He's like, it's fucking Shakespeare. Yeah. He's like, okay, fine. It's fucking Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's because he is a master of story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which, I mean, come on. We got to give it up to I Kieran was, for this one. Because that's fucking awesome. Like I was, I knew it wasn't going to be. But when they said like, he's like the one of the best hunters in all of history or the best, I was like... I kind of hope it's Van Helsing. Dang, so isn't that mean like Mark Twain wow. was one of the best monster hunters like, Maybe. in America? <laughs> Maybe. That's kind of a cool he idea. trapped Tom Sawyer in the book, you know? He's like the, <laughs> the Sawyer demon. <laughs> uh, Van Helsing would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought that would have been kind of cool, but I was like, it might be a little too far away. Van Helsing story. is what, German? Yeah, I don't know. Right? Isn't question. it Germanic? 
I think it might be German. Germanic. Germanic. There you go. That's the word. Um, because I think Dracula is Russian, Transylvania, or well, if, the, the, modernly yeah, speaking, right. the Vanyan area era. Area. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would have assumed that Bridget would have already done the whole Van Helsing mm-hmm. previous to them diving into the Arthurian lore. You never would, know. But, That's what's so creative about this is really exactly, and especially with the hint of stuff like the river sticks, that it was basically them being like, we can go any direction we mm-hmm. want to with this. Because they can do an Achilles story. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could bring any of these elements in and make them work make perfect sense and that's mm-hmm. and my best guess on where we may see them go moving forward is mm-hmm. like all right we got to start bringing in non-english story characters in order to right. fight these english you know it's like uh, i'm sure we're gonna have to see beowulf's dragon at some point yeah. you know like that's gonna have to show up and be dealt with so there's a lot that they can really bring into the future that we've already kind of had like soft mm-hmm. hinted at you know yeah if they brought in like mobile suit gundam <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty badass. I mean, that uh, is a story. Um, how did you guys feel about some of these covers that didn't really align oh, I, with what was in the comic? So yeah. I loved, I love all the covers. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it pisses me off because I want to see something similar, or at least, come on, like I want, I want to see this happen. Yeah. So you know? I think, I mean, this is an outsider looking in. I don't know, but it seems like. Kieran had an idea of where the story was going to go. Dan Mora did a lot of the covers previously. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have Big Ben showing up several times in the background mm-hmm. on these covers. We have this like Batman looking character. Yeah. That has, oh, it's Batman. And Is that not also, the dragon that she rides? No, because the dragon's purple. And this uh-huh. one has covered in fur. And then there's also that lizard man back there. And then Duncan's in like a wife beater tank yeah. top. And he looks all dope with like this backpack. He's obviously fighting alone. He has a sword all by himself. I remember when I saw this mm-hmm. issue come out, like when it was like being announced, like right. 19 of mm-hmm. uh, one. And I was like, that is the coolest cover I've ever fucking seen I in this know. comic. I cannot wait to see what hellscape he is being put in right there. And yeah, so to not have any of this translate over was a little bit strange. But I think... Once I was like invested into what I was actually reading, I wasn't really thinking about yeah. the teases that the ish, the covers had given right. me initially. Because <laughs> um, I think from there, most of the covers are, um, well, here's a fucking yeah. I mean, most of the covers are just character portraits. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. Lancelot, Guinevere. Yeah, which I think is the smartest and easiest thing to do whenever you don't want to spoil your book mm-hmm. is just put a character on the front. That way you don't really tell what's going on inside. And it's also a dope-ass picture, you know? Definitely. You can fucking frame that. I also like that they chose to keep that yeah, that frame of Arthur, that side shot of yes. the skull. And it's like a running theme kind of in the comics. I was like, I, I really did enjoy that. Because it's probably one of the better, or one of the best, like, shots they've done of, like, yeah. the Arthur character in particular, in my opinion. I agree. So they, re- I mean, so the King Lear part was a little confusing to me because right. they basically woke him up just to immediately not use him for anything. Yeah, I'm not sure what she just she about. just instigated them and was like, "Well, he's a weapon for later now." And I was like, "Well, then, what was the point of even doing any of that?" I think she was trying to see if she could use him, use him right then and there. And she kind of says, she kind of says it, but not really. But she says like. Oh, he's too trapped in the story. Mm-hmm. Like the I'm, play is too strong. He's he can't get out of it right now. I mean, then that maybe f- that shows that William Shakespeare's still alive, mm-hmm. and he's still allowing his stories. <gasps> he's to... Merlin. I don't. Oh. I don't want that. I don't think that works. <laughs> in my opinion, I mean, I think 
I think Will, William Shakespeare He's is Martin. like reclused somewhere else. And so that I think that maybe this shows that his Martin. stories are still alive mm-hmm. too strongly. I don't know. This is reading into it a little He's bit. Merlin. Um, I don't want it to be Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, but yeah, basically after the, the botched choice of just not using Lear in that moment, we see them be like, well, then I guess we'll just go to plan B, which is, I guess, going to wake up Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which at the same, I mean, I guess is, is he a king killer though? Yeah. I guess he, he steals the king's riches. He'll kill kings and give yeah. it back. See, to I guess people. I knew he stole from him. I just didn't realize he was like murdering the royalty think, as he went along, you know? I think the one main story is him killing a king, but I don't remember of what or where mm-hmm. or why. Because they basically make it sound like he's like got a few kings under the belt. Yeah. You know what I mean, they're like, this guy's the king killer. He's, he's yeah. you know, this yeah. is the king slayer, you know, call him a. Uh, Lannister, you know, I can't think. Of, I was just trying to make a game of the show. Before all that, I though, his fucking name yeah, Jamie, Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister. Oh, okay. Sorry, uh, yeah, before, we're all Game of Thrones fans here, right? Yeah, we've all, we all, we all love it. I was thinking Terry Lannister for some reason. I was like, that's not, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go anyway, on. Sorry, Ian. <laughs> go ahead. Before any of that, before huh? they even leave to go find King Lear, they're still hunkered down in fucking Shakespeare's fort mm, right oh with the whole sniper scene yeah and there's the whole sniper scene where basically bridget plays her daughter into believing that she'll blow up the 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 armory which is full of things she believe will probably help her get her son back is what right. it is it's like the ultimate weapons yeah set against the arthurs at this point but that's basically our info dump on how their relationship is maybe not entirely hostile going forward from here, mm-hmm. maybe, They're, sort of. We see them somehow willing to at least kind of work together in these right. moments. But it's also like Bridget telling her that if your son is all that matters to you, you need to go figure out how to save him. I can't help you with that. So um, I thought, sorry, I thought it was kind of lame. Yeah. Because, like, she kind of just comes in and, I guess, snipes the guy that was riding the lion and then lion but like prior to that you do see everybody else shooting shooting bullets and fucking rockets and shit at this it's like ain't no 50 cowboy maybe uh maybe shrapnel from a fucking rocket though maybe the uh the lion's body all but its stomach was dipped into the river sticks and so she shot it in the stomach it's headshots on both i'm pretty sure (laughs) Oh really? Yeah. I thought it was a yeah. Like, you, you you literally can see, can see the where blood. They, the, the blood yeah. splatter from where they've both been like shot right in the head. Yeah. Maybe she's using X. Maybe she shot bullets. him in the eye. Uh, That's also him. true. I mean, she could have literally been using like silver bullets or like you know like magic. Yeah. Yeah, the no, eye. That's dumbest. She, she was just shooting f words right at him. You know what I mean? She's just... <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny that they do this this line story because like they again they were in uh in Bath and they were doing they were talking about Roman and Greek stuff, right? And like you have the Nemean lion in in those myths, and uh, that that's actually where Hercules goes. Fucking oh, that's right. Strangles it and yeah, then right. uses its own claws to cut it because it's impenetrable. Jeez. He uses it to slice up the meat, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like charcuterie. Uh yeah, but it's a good book. Um we see they go they go get uh I'm just so distracted. <laughs> Robin Sorry. Hood. Yeah. Um and then we see that Elaine has shown up at the old family home, which is a castle now, and that's where the all the old people live and Jack and Rose's parents. And so you don't think she's gonna like fuck shit up? Oh, you don't she think that's what that kinda is. was like hinting at is. is that she's gonna like I think they're gonna come back and they're all gonna be lizard people or something. They're no. all gonna be lizard people. I don't think she's 
I think whatever's going to happen from here is she's going to align all these people against Bridget. She's going to tell them all the truth about how she's, she's been like, played. mama's mean. Yeah. <laughs> she's been played since she was a daughter in her fucked up childhood. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she's got a horribly burned body to use as in a, you know? Yeah. Right. I think slowly but surely we're going to have to learn more about Bridget's past and mm-hmm. learn that whatever happened, she's not necessarily the good guy. Because you're story. right. The biggest, open, the biggest mystery right now is really her even what she wants moving forward it's not so much like Mm -hmm. why she is where she is but what she's even planning to do or once at the end of all this besides obviously galahad back because it's got to be something grander than that or even if it's not how is she even planning to make that come true like her son's a giant horse monster with maggots in his legs like how do you get that back you know i think i think there's probably some sort of change the story i guess so yeah I'm I'm curious because I believe that Galahad will not be that forever. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're playing too hard into this angle where it's like Galahad it belongs in the ditch. He's trash, you know. All this yeah, kind he's of stuff. too sad of a story. We have yeah. to get some redemption for the character. I think somehow somewhere he'll be an ace in the hole. And you don't think Bridget Ooh. will probably end up being like a sacrificial pawn for that? Like you know, Bridget? Should, yeah, or not Bridget or uh, sorry, Mary. Mary. Yeah, I don't know. What if they do go into like Greek myths? Later on in the line, mm-hmm. and he becomes like fucking Charon, oh. or Chiron. Yeah, I mean, I that, mean that's interesting. Charon's the one that rides right. the boat on the river six, mm-hmm. but Chiron's a centaur. Oh, I didn't know there was. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, because there's yeah, Chiron is a centaur and he trains heroes. Oh, so that's kind of what Phil is in Hercules. Well, Phil is a satyr, which satyrs right, also but, help train heroes. Right. And he's like based after Pan, but he's right. like kind he's of a, a mix fawn. between Pan and probably that character. Yeah, he's a, yeah. Yeah. He's a fawn. Yeah. Well, fawn is a Roman term. Oh. A satyr is a Greek term. <laughs> well, you know, they're all roaming around that area, so. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm very interested to see where this goes. I personally thought this other world, like meshing of the worlds, mm-hmm. was going to be over by the end of this. I thought six so too. Years too. Um, and that's what leads me into believing that it's actually more so like the first 18 and now we're going to get, this is kind of like the beginning of the next 18 issues that feels like its own mm-hmm. full arc. You right. know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's going to be very interesting to see these characters have to try to survive exactly even you now, basically twice the amount of time we've read so far in the story in this insane world that now has like Robin Hood running around and three different Arthurs with three different Merlins running around, you know, so um, I think somehow Arthur Arthur A or Arthur One Arthur A <laughs> Arthur One is gonna some survive all of this, which is crazy to me. I have to believe he's gonna be like our, our consistent Arthur through the story. I don't think yeah. right. either. No matter how much the other two that have shown up seem way more overpowered than he is, um, I think he like no matter what he's gonna continue to be like our our main catalyst. He just has to be right. I think so. So, um, I was curious do Mm -hmm. y'all think that within the next let's say 12 issues Mm -hmm. that gran is going to die i don't think so i think we're going to see her fall from grace and then we have to see redemption before she dies Mm -hmm. and so she could be die she could die with redemption she could be die with she could be die at any point (laughs) um but no i i'm just curious because they kind of like within the last few issues with her sulking so much and everything, she says a lot of things um, to Duncan and stuff. She's and, almost like apologizing. Sometimes. Yeah, but she she kind of 
leads on that she's like, I'm not going to be here forever. Yeah. So it kind of gives me the feeling that they're setting it up for her to die. Yeah. Potentially. I, I'm very interested to see how this plays out. Because I think that would be like, like a, it's an it's an Uncle Ben moment for mm-hmm. Duncan. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, they could really show real character growth. Like they've already have, but they can show real character growth after that from him specifically. I mean, that's a good call. Because I want to yeah. believe he's our main character still, you know? Yeah. Like, he, like we were saying earlier, there's a lot of other characters that seems to follow now, but Duncan is still the main character yeah mm-hmm. and we rarely see him without bridget exactly mm-hmm. and if we do it's him like calling bridget after he's slayed like a frankenstein yeah. right. exactly you know? and so i mean if she's if she's gonna go i have to believe it'll be like taking on a role of someone who has to die in the story right. you know what i mean sure. it'll be like one of those things and so i wish i knew more about like percival's story to know if he has someone in his life that has mm-hmm. like that role or something or for all we know duncan will be taking on that uh, arthurian role like we kind of guessed on earlier yeah. and she could be you know I, I mean, I like the idea of her becoming his Merlin. I did really like that. And right. it makes so much sense because she is his wisdom. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? She's the wisdom of the story. She's the experience, you know? So either I, I I hope and think that that's probably more the direction we'll end up going. But yeah, if she dies, it'll have to be under some guise of like him either picking up a new role. And it's because she makes that sacrifice or something along yeah. those lines, if I had to guess. So, but it's exciting. Exactly. That's what's, that's where I think where we end off is so brilliant because right. it makes you want more. You know, yeah. this is how we felt after issue 12. We were like, we're going to have to come back to this sooner or later because we need to know what the fuck's going to happen after this so what sucks now is that we definitely have a waiting game (laughs) here we had like a bunch that had come out so we were it was like a short-term game of waiting for us to get just enough to read where now we get i think we're gonna have to wait another year yeah yeah like a full year because it comes out month to month we get a good 365 world entertainment you know before we ever get to (laughs) (laughs) to read this don't kill yourself yeah i will i will thanks Okay, well, thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm so glad we came back to Once in Future because mm-hmm. this was a real fucking banger. And I agree with you, Kenny. It was kind of hard that, like, now that we've caught up literally the week that it <laughs> yeah. finished, that it's like, oh, boy, are we going to have to really bite the dust on, on trade waiting on the next one? Dude, bite that dust. <laughs> plant those um, eggs. Yeah. yeah, you've got to plant those eggs. Well, the eggs were planted, man. Yeah. They're they Bef- growing. Before we go, though, because mm-hmm. like, we're kind of wrapping up, Yeah, I I wanted to see just if the audience had anything to say. About oh, yes. oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and give us your two cents on Once in Future. That was offensive. I can't believe you said that. I mean, I don't think I agree with that at all, but I mean, I I like Duncan. I I can't believe what they said about Bridget. I mean, <laughs> and I, I've never looked at a chicken that way, but I guess if that's how you see them. <laughs> all right. Um. Well, kind of a dour note to I end know. on. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Jeez. guys. I thought I thought they would say something nice. Boy, we got an aggressive fan base out there. I guys. might have to bleep our listeners. <laughs> Crazy. Um, but thank you for listening regardless leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts we will read it on the podcast um, 
Next week, we're going to be doing Venom by Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman. Fucking finally. Right yep. back to the Kate, man. Yeah. Yep. Got to bring Kates back into this uh, hole that we're digging. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. That's going to be in our show notes below. Um, we love you. Yeah. We're happy you're here. Thank Bye. you. Yes, thank you for being here. <laughs> Next week, we're getting all deep, dark in the Venom. So we'll see you all then. We'll see you on another time. Bye, guys. <laughs> uh, Barack Obama, it will almost be an honor to kill you. Grog, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs>